is the podcast podcast episode two history of podcasts i have my hosts here Vinny, narn tim and myself sam we are missing two of our members we are missing nick constant and kenny q yeah well kenny kenny's been a mystery kenny's gone he's does he doesn't exist actually no. <laughs> he uh There's no physical evidence he's that he's still on this planet that, that's what it is except for the one night i actually ran into him oh i i was in kennedy for whatever reason and i walk up and uh i like go and i and he's sitting at a table with his friend doing work ironically <laughs> and uh i'm like oh my god kenny it's you and you know i was a little out of it but uh it's right you know, it happens to the best of us yeah isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So, um, we have some good news. Our production quality is a lot better. Way better than the first episode. We are Awesome. We're in a studio right now, like a proper podcast studio. We've got mics, we've got headphones. No random classroom, no, no. Exactly. We've got a whole machine next to us with a bunch no of No phone between works. everybody. And we get no singular phone. Singular <laughs> microphone. No singular phone. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get it. Let's get into it. Honestly, yeah. Let's just hash o- hash so, open this episode. As Sam said, this is gonna be about the history of podcasts and how podcasts came to be. How podcasts came to be. Yeah. How storytelling came to be. Why this all exists and why we're doing this right now. Why? Why are we doing this right now, Sam? Who came up with this idea, Sam? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder who. I mean, <laughs> Sam did. Sam. It's all about. Um, you know, it's all about. It's you know. It's greater than us. It's greater than this podcast. It's just about, you know, telling stories of people and teaching storytelling because that's that's what matters. Because if you really can captivate an audience, you can say just about anything. Sure, Steinmetz. Okay. No, he has a point. He has a point. <laughs> he does have a point. All right. Let's get into it. We can't talk about the history of podcasts without talking about the history of broadcasting, because podcasts are, after all, simply a form of broadcast. When we think of broadcasts, radio is the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, radio really is the essence of what broadcasting is in its most basic form, the instantaneous dissemination of information on a mass scale. Who exactly invented the radio is still up for debate. Guglielmo Marconi is often cited as the father of the radio, with the world's first wireless telegraphy patent being granted in 1896 under his name. Nikola Tesla, however, had demonstrated a wireless radio in St. Louis, Missouri three years earlier, in 1893, with his patent for a radio device being granted in the United States in 1900. So whoever you see as the true inventor of radio really depends on a technicality. In its early days, after having graduated from being a mere show spectacle, radio was used primarily for military purposes. World War I is famous for being technologically revolutionary. Airplanes, machine guns, chlorine gas, and of course radio were just some of the new technologies that were introduced during this time. This new form of remote communication was radically transformative because now information could be exchanged seemingly through thin air instead of being physically handed from one party to the next. It was like magic. Magic that the civilian world was just waiting to get a hold of. And that's exactly what they did. 
After the war, when radio fell out of the exclusive jurisdiction of the military and into civilian hands, the private sector started to realize that this ability to instantaneously transmit sound could be an incredible tool for them, too. The Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company, based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, was one of the companies contracted by the military to produce radios. And now finding itself without a military contract, it established its own radio station, KDKA, in 1920, the first in the world. Now, this wasn't yet radio like we know it today. KDKA was used as a private channel for Westinghouse to communicate with their factories and plants around Pittsburgh, kind of like walkie-talkie. But soon they began to realize the commercial opportunity in spreading radio to the general public. And they weren't alone. Radio station 8MK began the first public news broadcast on the radio in 1920, announcing presidential and local election results. AT&T was founded in 1923, with NBC and CBS being founded in response to their success. The British Broadcasting Company, or BBC, was founded in 1922, soon usurping newspapers and popularity in 1926. World War II cemented radio's role as a mainstream form of news, communicating important war announcements to the public. And this was also when radio began to play music on air. The Top 40 charts was popularized during this time, until eventually music and radio became synonymous with one another. Aircraft began using radio. Radio was news. Radio was entertainment. Radio was everywhere. Did you guys have any um, favorite radio stations when you were growing up? Because I definitely did. Um, 104.3 or 88.1 WIPR. And what was that? It's like a news podcast, you know, talk show, anything in between. Maybe some jazz music at, at night, you know. But pretty classy. How about you? Um, for, so in Thailand, so I went to international school and, um, I was a lot more used to like Western media and I liked Western media a lot more growing up. And 107 FM was the one English language, like music radio station in Bangkok. Um, and I would listen to that all the time in my car rides back from school. That brings back, thinking about that brings back a lot of memories for me. Yeah. How about you, Tim? Um... There's a station called FM 105 in China. And yeah, that's pretty much my old memory because I listen to it every afternoon uh, after school when I'm going back home on uh, the school bus. Um, it's a station that share uh, those driver stories when they got, when those drivers are. Um, they struggled in, in, they got stuck in a traffic jam and they just upload their stories on the station. Interesting. I've honestly like oh. never heard of something like that. Like storytelling cool. while they're in a traffic jam? Yeah, the storytelling. Oh my God. That's pretty interesting. That is, that's, that's, interesting. that's an awesome idea. That's what I'm saying. Like honestly, like when I would listen to radio, like I would listen to like 103 amp radio or like 106.7 and those things like, are like ingrained in my brain of just always going to those dials and just switching to those radio stations. Definitely. Because like you grow up listening to the same stuff and I didn't really have like an ox in my car or like in my parents' car for me to plug their phone in and put my own music on. did I. That's what I'm saying. So you just end up putting on the radio listening to whatever that is and you could find some good listens, some good, you know, stories of any, you can find, I don't really know. 
like just weird random stories on the radio from the radio stations or like sports stories or even like find new songs you know yeah the one thing about the radio was for me though was that it was mostly just music you know like sometimes it would be music that i really liked and that would get me really excited sometimes it was songs that i was kind of mad about so um but i really really liked listening to like the hosts of the stations like chatting with each other and like bringing on guests and having conversations that was really fun i thought it was fun but at the same time some certain mornings like going to school i just wanted to listen to like music like when i would hear those talk shows i'm like you want to be quiet and play some music yeah. you know what I mean? so those talk shows are interesting they can be interesting but some of the music talk shows here would just be like annoying really like, annoying really annoying just like filler talk show like interviewing people about stupid things and <laughs> you know but what radio has made me appreciate is like what you know like any song like now we can go on our phone click a song and that's the song we want to hear and we get to hear it like that and we're like enormously privileged because of that but you know with radio you get what you get 90% of the times, it's meh, as Naren said. And then that 10%, you know, that, that gives you, like, a major dopamine hit when you really have a song oh, wow. at, at the right time, at the right place. I honestly wow. think, though, like, having a phone on you, though, or, like, anything that can just play what you want to play is honestly the go-to now. Like, I don't, I honestly don't remember the last time I have put on the radio when I'm driving, when I started driving. Like, I'm always putting on my own own like podcasts or songs when i hop mm-hmm. in the car yeah but like when i started driving like i didn't have an aux so i had only the radio and it kind of made it like well mostly i would just listen to 88.1 which would just be like news and then if i wanted to listen to music i would switch around but like when you got a good song it made it all the more better yeah on those um radio station they recommend many uh uh, musics, but there at that moment we don't have uh, iPods, iPhone stuff like that. But yeah, only thing we have uh, is radio. Uh, those interesting podcasts just recall our good memories. That's what I'm saying. Like now you have like a device in your hand that you can put on a song or even a podcast yeah. for you to listen to on yeah, demand true. whenever you want. You can skip. You that's can skip. That's a big. It's yeah. a big feature. That's yeah. what we're actually going to talk about next. So, I got to stop y'all there. Y'all are spoiling this next part too much. (laughs) Radio was really the first true form of mass media. In fact, it's still one of the most popular globally, with some research suggesting that over 90% of American adults still listen to radio weekly, compared to 87% who consume television and 22% who consume podcasts. Now, if you're anything like me, an 18-year-old Gen Zer in my first year at college, these numbers might come off as surprising. I don't remember the last time I tuned into the radio, but apparently 90% of everybody else is doing this on a weekly basis. If you think about it, it does make sense. Radio is portable. You can find a radio in virtually every car on the road. It's completely free. You don't need a subscription unlike seemingly every streaming service nowadays. And it's a well-established, easily digestible format. You simply tune into your station and let the presenter work their magic while you sit back and relax. Zone out even. Here's the thing, though. Radio broadcasts are, well, broad. It's in the name. It's usually music or the news or some sort of topic that's guaranteed to reach a massive audience. 
There's no space on the air to cater to niche audiences because, by its very nature, radio can't afford to do so, nor can it easily reach a niche audience in the first place. What's missing is the ability to listen to what you want, when you want. And that's what on-demand video and streaming services like YouTube are the true masters of. A radio broadcast will only exist for as long as it's playing. If you miss it, you miss it. So the audience that it'll reach is naturally going to be smaller. A video on YouTube, on the other hand, it will stay on the internet for however long. And you can watch it whenever. YouTube is an entire universe of videos covering any niche topic you could imagine. And you can play them whenever you're in the mood for it. And if you're a creator, you can be assured that your content, no matter how niche, is going to be able to reach people because it's so readily accessible for people to view at any time. For me and most other people my age, radio just doesn't do it most of the time. I admit I'm a part of a generation that somewhat has a problem with dopamine addiction and instant gratification. But seriously, what radio station is going to be airing a show about, I don't know, urban planning or a bite-sized documentary about how airline mileage banks work, or a video game review. I go to YouTube and look up TED-Ed or Wendover Productions for that kind of nerdy stuff. Being able to stream content when I want is a huge part of what draws me to that content, and radio just can't do that. The year 2001 saw Apple release the iPod, which completely revolutionized the portable music player scene. This small, compact device allowed users to select singular songs to play on demand, as opposed to conventional music players, which required listeners to sit through entire albums. The iPod was the first popular device that truly enabled the what I want, when I want in playing music. And that was a huge deal. It absolutely dominated the market, being the best-selling music player of all time, Apple sold its 100 millionth unit by 2007. So here we have these two massively successful forms of media. One that has long been the form of broadcasting general information to the masses, for free, and a new one, which comes with a price tag, but that fits in your pocket and can provide you with any content, well, music at least, that your heart desires, at any place, at any time. Radio broadcasting was starting to sound less appealing than its new on-demand counterpart. But then, what's stopping radio broadcasts from being on-demand too? Why not record a broadcast and upload it to one of these handy little iPods? Wouldn't that make listening to the broadcasts you want when you want so much easier? Now that's a fun idea. An iPod broadcast. A podcast. So like with radio, like and having a car and recently driving because I'm 18, we, the driving age in Massachusetts is 16, like always driving and having my own personal phone on me and having Knox was like amazing. Like just constantly being able to play whatever I want, listen to whatever podcast or like song that I want on demand was definitely like a key component. Of yeah, streaming is a special thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. streaming is a special thing. See, I wish I didn't have to... It's still, like... For a lot of people, you still can't listen to exactly what you want when you want because um, if you don't have Spotify Premium, <clears throat> you can't actually choose individual songs. You have to, like, play it on shuffle, which is stupid. But, like, yeah. I use Apple Music, so... 
Well, I don't have an Apple phone, Vinny. Sorry. That sucks. Because then I just I have the podcast app, and I can ha- get a majority of my podcast off of that as well. Yeah, the podcast app is like relatively free. Yeah, it's relatively yeah. free. I mean, on Spotify, if you go to the podcast section, you can listen to every episode. Like, you can choose the individual episodes. But if you're listening to songs, like Spotify forces you to listen yeah. through like Fair. a playlist. Like Pandora. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Tim? Actually, I have no idea about what um, podcasts in uh, America, but I did listen to some podcasts in China. Uh, like on demand, like on your phone? Like, do you drive in China? Uh, I don't drive because I haven't learned it yet. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> don't be sorry. Um, I listen to podcasts and uh, actually I normally don't listen to podcasts, but I remember when I was in junior high school, I listened to it when I, my, my dad was driving me to school or driving me back. Uh, that's it, I think. Yeah, so like podcasts are a good way to like, you're talking about connecting with your dad and driving with your dad and just listening to it on the way home from school, which is pretty fun. You know yeah. I mean? Radio did bring people together like in the car. and that You don't get that nowadays with like... Yeah. Your headphones in. You're listening to what you want when you want. Yeah, you were kind of forced to listen to everything in a communal space mm-hmm. with whoever was in the car with you. Exactly. Yeah. And then, if it's like a like any sort of like podcast story or like any like informational, you know, piece, it's like a shared. It's a shared experience between all of you. I'm not kidding when I say that that is in fact how the word podcast was invented. In 2004, British journalist Ben Hammersley was writing an article for The Guardian about this new phenomenon of people downloading radio broadcasts to listen to on their portable audio players. Just moments before the deadline, after he had already finished writing, the editors at the newspaper told him that his article was too short. He needed to find a way to get it to fill the page, and fast. Here's what Hammersley had to say about this in an interview in 2021 with the Art of Teaching podcast. And so I wrote this article and about 15 minutes to go before deadline, hard deadline, I get an email from my editor saying, hey, um, that article's like a sentence short for the shape of the page that we designed. Um, We don't really have time to redesign the page. Can you just write it an extra sentence and we'll just slot it in and then we can send that page to be printed. And so I had to sort of pull a sentence uh, out of somewhere to, to fill the gap. And so I'm, I wrote this slightly stupid sentence of like, but what do we call this phenomenon? And then I made up some words mm-hmm. just to fill space. Amazing. My editor, and that was all I thought about it. And then six months later, I had an email from the Oxford, the American Oxford Dictionary saying, hey, um, where did you get that word from in that article that you wrote in The Guardian? And I said, well, I kind of made it up. And they said, yeah, we agree, because we can't find any prior, you know, prior citations. And it's word of the year this year, so, you know, you can bring in the dictionary. And that, and that was that, right? That was all of it. Um, it was just something I did by mistake. That word that the Oxford Dictionary told him he apparently invented? Podcast a portmanteau of the words iPod and broadcast. Portmanteau, by the way, is when you combine different parts of separate words into one word, so breakfast and lunch becoming brunch, or motor and hotel becoming motel. Now, this concept of the podcast, though still in its early, early infancy, 
already existed when Hammersley coined the term. But the word, podcast, gave this phenomenon a concrete identity, one that people could easily understand and identify. As one article written for the BBC by Jamie Robertson put it, podcasts may not have been born that evening, but they had been christened. In 2005, the Oxford Dictionary crowned podcast the word of the year, cementing its official status in English vocabulary. In the same year, Apple added podcasting to its iTunes 4.9 software, integrating the format seamlessly into the already popular audio player. It was around this time that the first big podcast hits started to be released. British comedian Ricky Gervais released The Ricky Gervais Show as a podcast in 2006, becoming the most popular podcast on iTunes for a number of years. This American Life also started a podcast version of their radio shows that year. The Adam Carolla Show was a big one too, releasing in 2009, which was a year that saw the start of a lot of other popular comedy podcasts, actually, like The Joe Rogan Experience, The David Feldman Show, and WTF with Mark Maron. Despite the format's rise, however, podcasts were still a pretty small segment of the streaming market. My teacher Kirsten has to say some things about that. Do you... Uh, remember sort of like the early days of podcasts as a thing and when they were starting to when the format like was first coming out Mm -hmm. um were you sort of did you did you jump on that podcast train at all and like what was how did you feel about it I don't think I really did because for me when I first started listening to podcasts it was an extension of listening to the radio what you've got to remember is that the I think a lot of the popularity of podcasts came with mobile devices, which are actually still relatively new. Like, I don't know, maybe the first iPhone came out in 2006, 2008, something like that. I don't know. I had a flip phone for a long time and you couldn't listen to anything on it. And so the reason why podcasts became more easily accessible is because people had digital devices, which they could use to download the podcast and then listen to it everywhere, anywhere and everywhere, as opposed to before that, uh, my experience with the genre was actually radio. For Kirsten and many other people at the time, podcasts were nothing but recordings of radio broadcasts. Sure, it was nice to be able to listen to those recordings if you had them, but it wasn't until the rise of smartphones like the iPhone and faster internet like 4G that podcasts could finally see their potential as a truly anywhere, anytime form of broadcast. Before then, you had to find a time and a place to download them with internet connection if you wanted to have them handy. And that's if you had a device like an iPod at all. Nowadays, virtually everyone has an internet-capable smartphone within grabbing distance at all times. So when Apple released the podcast app to iOS 6 in 2012, podcasts were now able to reach more people than they ever could before. At this point, listening to a podcast was as easy as reaching into your pocket and browsing online for anything that interested you. No more need to pre-download something in anticipation of possibly listening to it later. This incredibly widespread reachability, combined with the genre that was constantly growing more and more popular, was the perfect breeding ground for podcasts to go mainstream. By the early 2010s, podcasts were really starting to gain traction. More and more people started listening to them, and more and more were being created about all sorts of topics. At this point, podcasts were just one viral hit away from starting a cultural revolution. 
Serial. Serial was that one viral hit. First airing in 2014, the first season of Serial examined the investigation into the murder of 18-year-old Baltimore high school student Hay Min Lee and the suspected and convicted killer Adnan Sayed. The question is, though, did Adnan do it? Over the course of 12 episodes, the host, Sarah Koenig, takes the listener on a journey to discover the numerous flaws in the prosecution's case, interviewing people close to both Hay and Adnan, uncovering more mysteries and questions than she can answer. Was the star witness in the prosecution's case completely lying? How did the defense completely ignore a witness whose testimony could have exonerated Adnan? And why is the little physical evidence that exists not matching up with anything that anybody is saying? Serial was the podcast that thrust true crime storytelling into the mainstream, and along with it, the entire genre of podcasting as a whole. It shattered records, being downloaded over 340 million times, and was also the first podcast to win a Peabody Award. I just finished listening to it recently, and I have to say, it is beautifully executed. Instead of lecturing you on a bunch of facts, kind of like what I'm doing for the past 20 minutes or so, Sarah takes you along with her as she learns about the case, interviews different people, and tries to piece this whole mess together in her head. The podcast isn't necessarily about the case itself, as much as it is about her journey discovering it, which is how it does such a good job at hooking you in. There's human connection there. It feels like you and Sarah are besties trying to solve this case together. My teacher Kirsten has to say some things about that, though. You got the feeling that you were listening to it week to week as she was discovering it. But I actually think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think she recorded the episodes, edited them, and then released them one by one. But it wasn't that she didn't know. By the time it was being produced, I think she had gathered all or most of her material. Um, but you got the sense as you were listening that in fact you were on the journey with her and that every week you and she were finding out uh, something new but I don't think so you could probably research it uh, to find out I think it was a highly edited and curated uh, thing whichever way you think Sarah went about producing the podcast you can't deny that it does an amazing job of hooking you in and that's the thing that propelled Serial and so many other podcasts into the spotlight. Unlike audiobooks or radio or TV, where you're sort of just being talked at, podcasts, by nature, have this ability to reach out to the listener in a way that few other forms of media can. This is Natasha Kothari, my co college counselor in high school. I would say I first started listening to podcasts when I was traveling a lot for my old job. Uh, when I started this job, I went from having a 10 minute commute to having an hour and 15 minute long commute. When you're spending a lot of time alone, I don't know, it kind of feels like you're with someone even though you know you're not, you know? Um, I am lucky that I have a rich support network of people and when you spend two and a half hours in the car every day, it doesn't necessarily feel like that and so it it feels like a way to continue to connect. This is Monica Ripley, my high school ceramics teacher. Do you, do you remember that time when podcasts were starting to like become big? 
Yes, I do. What what did you think of them at first? What was your first impression? Oh, I was super excited. I was so excited because now it's like, you know, you could um, relate to different people in different ways, but in shorter amounts of time. It's not about an author presenting a story, either nonfiction or fiction, like I've been doing with the audiobooks. This was a very different sort of thing. And the possibilities uh, were just exciting. This is Peter Bosky, another college counselor at my high school. I'm one of those um, like serial babies. So when that was sort of, I feel like the popularity of it really increased when it was maybe in the middle or towards the end of the, the first season. Um, so I started listening to that and I think that was maybe my immediate gateway. This is formed by serial. As a failed English major whose like love of reading was just really, really killed in college. Um, I thought it was a perfect alternative to hearing something that felt like reading, but being able to do it, you know, when you're driving or, you know, like cleaning the house or something like that, just to put something on that wasn't music or, you know, TV in the background. Um, that's kind of, I think, the perfect use of it for me. It's being able to have entertainment while doing other things. It's now 2022, a good eight years after Serial first released season one. Since then, they've released two more seasons, though not as popular as the first, and a special update to season one in September when Adnan Sayed's conviction was overturned. The podcast scene has grown exponentially since Serial took to the stage. The podcast section of my Spotify app alone has a dozen and a half categories, each with countless shows ranging from comedy to true crime, news and politics, music, sports, astrology etc. The list goes on. Now, even YouTubers are starting their own podcasts and uploading clips of them to TikTok. It seems like there really is a podcast for everybody these days. I've been listening to a lot of armchair experts. One of my favorite right now is ADHD for for smart-ass women. Currently, I am listening to the admissions beat that's more of a work thing. Uh, for pleasure, I am. I just finished Dolly Parton's America. I've been listening to a little bit of Lore, which is a great Halloween-y okay. podcast. And then one of my other favorite ones is um, Teaching While White. I like that one a lot. And uh, Black in Appalachia. I like that a lot. Okay. And um, and then I'm a I'm a Star Trek. Nerd, so there's a lot of Star Trek podcasts. Okay, that's cool. So, my personal experiences with podcasts, it was just like starting, especially with Serial, as previously. Serial was also my first. That's what I'm saying. Like in English class, serial was like a big deal of what my English teacher tried to bring us into because it was like a new way and a different way to like kind of understand information. And then she taught us how to cite that information. So it was kind of a learning experience. But serial was definitely an interesting podcast to really open up my my world to podcasts. But it also opened up the entire world mm-hmm. of podcasting. Yeah, for me... um, what really opened me up to it was like sitting in the car listening to any sort of NPR. We would always listen to like the morning, like WYPR, which is where I'm from, Baltimore. It's like the local like station of NPR. Maryland. Exactly. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, you would really have like a bunch of like local people, a bunch of local stories, and a lot of like people that you know we knew of. Some of them were like family friends, like this guy oh. Aniban Basu. He was a economist. He would go on every morning, you know, you know, speak his economist spiel. And it would be always fascinating and always some a great commentary on, you know, like local economic forecasting. But um, whatever it was, like we knew that guy, that that was the connection. How about you, Nine? Honestly, I'm pretty similar to Yuvani. Like, um, well, it wasn't through a class. Well, it kind of was through a class. I started actually listening, listening to Serial. I want to say like two weeks after we started this class, I was like, ooh, like this is really interesting. Like, oh, it's a good story for sure. It is an amazing story. I listened to the first episode and the way that um, the host, Sarah Koenig, presents the story, I was like, wow. Like I need to know how this ends. Um, it's gripping though. Because it is so gripping. At the end of, before, so I listened to this like my freshman year of high school. Uh -huh. And this was, was before no, Adnan was, was released. released. So it was it was a whole different thing of like us trying to figure out like us trying to personally break down each student like yeah unfortunately but yeah no serial um it that was the first podcast that I actually sat down and really was like completely gripped and consumed by and now I want to listen to a lot more and I want recommendations see that the good the good thing about this conversation is like me and Sam both had interviews with with other people as well. And those two people also brought up the point of how Serial like opened up their mind. Like your, what's her name? Yeah. Is it Hannah? Hannah. Hannah like had a whole spiel about how she loved Serial and she sat down with moms and she like mm -hmm. as like a little seventh grader or something listened to it and was so excited. And that like really shows that one podcast alone in Serial, like Serial as a podcast opened up the entire world. To, it's like, crazy to think about. Like how one thing can affect so many different people in such a big way. In Thailand, there was this one soap opera that came out called um, Love Destiny. That's how it's translated into English. It's not really, that's not really what it's called. But um, it was about this girl who um, like goes to this like, ha like these haunted ruins in Thailand. And she's like transported back to like ancient times and like falls in love with someone there and that like kicked off an entire trend of like all of thailand suddenly being like super interested in like ancient thai history um so i've definitely been a part of something like that before i've obviously i'm really late to cereal no you're good <laughs> but still i can totally see how one singular podcast can kick off an entire genre of media in that way you know what interests me though? The production of podcasts itself. Like I know we've been working on two episodes already, but like the jump from one episode to this episode was crazy. And just thinking about everyone else's experiences and like all the yeah. other producers, like Remember when we were just in the Snell library classroom, one phone in the middle of the table and we were just talking. And now exactly. the production level is crazy. We're in a studio now. And like in a podcast studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even with um, my interview with Dr. Carrie Hirsch, she talked a lot about her struggles with like learning the back end and the whole production thing. And she had a whole crash course on like yeah. audition and all those, all this editing software. And she's never done it before. 
And like her first thought of having a podcast was she wanted to do it like every week or like every or like two episodes a week. And that was just too much for her because oh, she's yeah. also like a college professor. So like her podcast, Anthropology or Anthropologist on the Street, like it takes a lot of effort that she puts in. And there is a lot that goes into production that a lot of people yeah, don't know about. Totally. You had a whole struggle with that, didn't you, Vinny? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For my, um, for my interview, uh, Hannah, she, like, had a lot of struggles with, like, storytelling and coming up what to, like, what to really, like, tell and, and get people to like about her podcast. So, like, at first she, she tried going and just talking to a mic. It's just her. No That's content. What we did. No interviews. Nothing. Just her rambling. And, and you know, that, honestly, sounded like a great idea to me. That sounded like a, a great experiment. But to her, you know, you know, it, it works and it doesn't work. And that's why she had to bring in the, a bit of that, you know, like interviewing and, and, you know, bring in the content and what she really wanted to show, which is like bring people new media, movies and TV and, and such. And, you know, what that was really about is she, she kept that whole, you know, jargon, you know, brief, you know, lengthy or not brief lengthy discussion is what i'm trying to say you know like some more of like a table talk instead of like a actual story guys yeah. do what this would be a great segue to the next episode this would be a great third episode this would be a great third episode i think we should just leave it at that yeah yeah thank you for listening so cut out this